Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Holy Father, once again we approach Thy throne in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that You hear our cries and our petitions. We thank You for the blessing of being able to come boldly to Your throne. That we have that inward testimony that You have given us And help us to never take it for granted. Help us never to think too highly of ourselves because of this open door. Help us to come before You Humbly. And we thank You that You have given us a broad avenue in opening our hearts and souls unto You and pouring out our sinfulness and seek forgiveness in the blood righteousness of Christ. We know that in ourselves, that is, in our flesh, dwells no good thing. And we know that we're going to have to put up with this sinful body until we die. And then it will dissipate and go back to the dust from which it came eventually. But on the Advent of the Lord Jesus Christ, our vile bodies shall be raised and or fashioned like unto the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sinless. Without reservation. And that we will be able to come before Thee with full expression of devotion and holiness. We say the words. We cannot even begin to contemplate what it will be like. 
We do pray, Father, for Your faithful ministers who stand around the world proclaiming the unsearchable riches of Christ and that You would raise up other men who are faithful to You and to Your Word. May the Gospel go forth in such a way that Your glory would cover the earth as the waters covers the sea. As You well know, Father, we live in a land of turbulence, wars, and rumors of wars have ever been, which is the truth of Your Word, and it shall ever be until the Lord Jesus returns. But until then, bless us to be faithful and serve you acceptably with reverence and godly fear. In Jesus' name, Amen. We are continuing our study in 1 John today. We left off looking at verses 13, 14, and 15. And we were actually looking at in verse 14, but I'll read these three verses again. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him, and He in us. Because He hath given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever therefore, whosoever, excuse me, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God dwelleth in Him and He in God. Uh, I said we were looking at verse 14. Actually, we're looking at verse 13. Notice, again, we see one of those statements where it says that we know. We know that we dwell in Him. This is that word, gnosko. You remember there are two words for know in First John and the English words uh, that are translated uh, know from this, uh, the, these two words is over 42 times or 42 times it's used, I mean. And so we see that John has told us over and over and over and over in this epistle. By the way, the, the English word, one of those English words is uh, perceive. I mean, uh, one I'm translated perceive one time, and uh, uh, I, I forgot the other two uh, 
uh, C, I believe, of one. But anyway, both of those words combined in the bringing out the English translation uh, over 40 times. God inspired John to use the word for knowledge, understanding. Some one of these words is more uh, potent than the other. The one that we see here in verse 13, Gnosko, means knowledge by experience. The other one, Ido, which is uh, absolute knowledge. And, uh, and yet both of them are used so interchangeably that sometimes it's just uh, almost impossible for us to see the difference and the distinction in them. But it says in, here in, in verse 13, we know that we dwell in Him. And He in us because He hath given us of His Spirit. The Spirit of God dwells in us. Without question, we see this. Notice dropping down in this same chapter at verses 15 and 16, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Now, if we eat too much food or the wrong kind of food, we know that something's wrong in us. We've got an upset stomach. We feel that. We know that. We may have a health problem. We might have the cold or the flu or something, and by the symptoms we feel, uh, we know that we have uh, something in us. But there is no physical, emotional, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? happening in our body to say God's Spirit's in me. 
And yet we know from the beginning of this chapter, we're to try the spirits to see whether they be of God or not. But first of all, I just want us to look at this to show and see and to uh, verify that children of God have the Spirit in them. In the last verse of 1 John 3, 1 John 3.24, He that keepeth His commandments dwelleth in Him and He in Him. Now notice, here is a way that you can evaluate the Spirit of God dwelling in you or God dwelling in you. John 4.13 said that we know that God dwells in us because we have the Spirit. And then it said in verse 15, if we confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in us. And we dwell in God. And it also said in verse 16, He that dwells in love dwells in God, and God dwells in Him. And then this verse 24, where He says that He that keepeth the commandments dwells in God, and God in Him. And hereby know we that He abides in us by the Spirit which He hath given us. The way that we know that we have the Spirit of God in us is how we live. Now I know that we can be deceived and and all such things as that. And we're not going to try to run down every rabbit hole of exception that there might be. But you can know are you keeping the, com- the commandments? What do you believe? You see, eternal life and or salvation is inclusive of knowledge. It's inclusive of knowledge. You know the passage that we quote so often in John 17, 3, and this is life eternal, that they might know Thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom Thou hast sent. Eternal life is not just duration of life. Eternal life includes manner of living as well. You see, eternal life is not just duration of life. It includes knowledge. Too often people have the concept that eternal life is just being with God forever. And it will start when we are with Him in glory. Eternal life 
begins experimentally when you're regenerated. But we'll say more about this, Lord willing, as we continue on. But notice again, I want to keep hammering this because I don't want to just read over the passages and then not uh, and at the expense of it not sinking in. Again, 1 John 3.24 He that keepeth His commandments dwelleth in Him. If you're keeping the commandments of God or the commandments of Christ, they're one and the same. I get tired of some of these commentators that try to separate the commandments of God from the commandments of Christ. In other words, if you're keeping the commandments, you dwell in God. You dwell in Jesus. You live in God. You live in Jesus. And God lives in you. You say, well, I... I uh, what can, what feeling do I get from that? You may not get any feeling. You may get uh, your head chopped off. You might get that feeling. If you're keeping the commandments of God and you're being persecuted for the cause of Christ, you might not have any. Uh, uh, esoteric feeling, you might feel a gunshot wound. You see, it's not based on your feeling per se. It's based on your knowledge. What you understand. What you're doing. Who you are. I don't have a certain feeling that I'm a Tennessean. I'm a Tennessean because I've lived in this state all my life. From one end to the other. <laughs> I'm a Tennessean. And it, you know, if somebody asks you, uh, who are you? You know, uh, where you come from? Well, first of all, I'm a Tennessean. Really? What part? Well, I was uh, raised up around, uh, if I were to tell them I was raised up in the Chestnut Glade community, that wouldn't mean a thing to them. And if I were to tell them the county seat, of, of my county and was we uh, is, uh, was Dresden and it's in Weekly County. That might not mean anything to them. They might have some continuity of where I was located. If I were to say Fulton, Kentucky, because. In my younger years, we did all of our shopping at Fulton. It was about two miles closer to the next town. And so we did a lot of shopping and things uh, in Fulton. 
And that might not ring a bell. But if I said Martin, Tennessee, it would come near ringing a bell because there is a University of Tennessee at Martin. There's one at Knoxville too, but there's a university at Knoxville. I mean at Martin. So that would come near ringing a bell to them. Though there are some people, I say that, they still don't get it. (laughs) Kind of like a, a Luther minister I met some years ago and he asked where I was living. I said, well, I live in East Tennessee in a little community called Wartburg. And this Lutheran minister said, Wartburg, well, that's a mighty unusual name. I said, well, you ought to know it because Luther translated the German Bible into the German, I mean, the Bible into the German language at the, at the castle of Wartburg. He said, oop, I need, I need to remember my <laughs> Lutheran history better. In other words, here was a Lutheran that uh, Wartburg didn't ring a bell with him. But what I'm saying is, None of that has to do with feeling. Now I do get a, uh, every once in a while I uh, get on Google and look up my own homestead and the house I grew up in. Last time I looked was still there and I can see that and get some emotions. But then later on, I moved to Jackson, Tennessee, and then later to Memphis, Tennessee, and now up into East Tennessee. But I'm a Tennessean. Not because I feel like something. Not because I eat certain kinds of food. I don't get up every morning and say, boy, I feel such and such. I'm a Tennessean. I'm a Tennessean because that's where I live. That's where I've lived all my life. Almost lived in Georgia for a few months, but really didn't. The Spirit of God dwells in me because I keep His commandments. I dwell in God and God dwells in me. Because I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that. I confess that. I preach that. I stand for that. Who's the Son of God? Jesus Christ. You say, well, you might say that and be deceived. I might, and I could be. And there are people, no doubt, that are deceived. But that's, that's the exception. That's not the norm. And it's by this, that is keeping the commandments, loving the brethren, loving God, loving Christ, it is by this that we know that we know that God abides in us by the Spirit which He hath given us. 
We are given the Holy Spirit in regeneration. How do I know that? Because I keep His commandments. You say, well, I I don't keep His commandments. I I break some of His commandments. I'm not talking about 100%. I'm talking about a way of life. Now, if you're telling me that your way of life is breaking the commandments of God, then evidently you don't love God. You're deceived. Look at the Gospel of John, chapter 14. Obviously, we could multiply many verses of Scripture, but we'll just give a few. John 14. Well, I'm going to go ahead and let's start at verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Period. John 14, 15. And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, but ye know Him, for He dwelleth with you and shall be in you. You see, this is the reason why the world doesn't understand you. The world doesn't understand why you think today is the best day of your week. I've heard you in this congregation say that unsolicited. Why do you enjoy coming to the house of God? Because you love God. The idea of a believer not wanting to attend the congregation of the of God is foreign to the New Testament scriptures. Verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. How do you know God has come to you? Because you keep His commandments. You love Him. And Jesus said, I'll pray and give you a comforter. So we believe Jesus. You say, well, I don't feel like it. Well, I don't feel like it sometimes. But it's not a matter of what I feel. It's a matter of what I believe. It's a matter of knowledge. 
Again, I quote John 17, 3, And this is life eternal, that they might know Thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom Thou hast sent. And when we get to the end of 1 John, the last four verses, we'll see that John reiterates it. But that's going to be much in advance. <laughs> Verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Jesus dwells with you. Jesus dwells in you. No, it's not a physical body. Obviously, it's not a physical body. You say, well... Just how is it that the Spirit is in me? I can't answer that. God doesn't say if you were to uh, do a test on your body up until uh, you start with A and when you get to B, that's the end of your flesh and from that, it goes into your uh, natural spirit and then it goes into the Holy Spirit. There's no way that we can uh, dissect our body and come up with that. But I can know if I'm keeping His commandments. When I lived at home with my parents, I knew whether I was living in obedience to them or not. And I knew when I wasn't doing what they taught me to do. I knew that. You have read the Bible. You've studied the Bible. You who are believers, you know whether you're endeavoring to do what God tells you to do. You know whether you you know whether you desire to do that or not. I don't have to tell you, you know that. Obviously, you don't do it like you want to. You want to be perfect. You, I mean sinless. But you can't. But your way of life is seeking after the things of God. And you know that the Holy Spirit is with you and Christ is with you. Well, let's read on. Verse 19. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. In that day, ye shall know that I am in the Father, excuse me, that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. You'll know that. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, 
Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. Is the world keeping the words of Christ? No. That's the reason they don't have any more idea of what he's all about than a jackrabbit. In fact, a jackrabbit probably have more uh, knowledge, if he has knowledge, probably have more intuition about Christ than, than the world does. If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. We'll dwell with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which has sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. You see, we know that we know God because we have the Spirit in us. How is it that we know we have the Spirit? It's how we live. It's how we live. Look at Romans 8. I'll read verse 8, but I really had to take up a verse 9. But So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. A person that does not have the Spirit cannot please God. Period. If a man is dead in sin, he cannot please God. That means he can exercise faith if he's dead in sin. He has to be born again first. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, in light of what all we have already read this morning, let me ask you, is the Spirit of God in you? Then you're not in the flesh. How do you know whether the Spirit of God's in you? Are you keeping His commandments? Do you confess that Jesus is Christ? Do you love the Father? Do you love the Son? Do you love the Holy Spirit? Well, if, if all that's true, you're not in the flesh because you have the Spirit in you. Believest thou this? But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. How do I know whether I have the Spirit of Christ or not? 
Are you keeping His commandments? You say, well, you've already said that. I'm going to keep saying it. Till it becomes second nature to you. Again, we're not talking about sinless perfection. We're talking about a way of life. And you know, you know what you do. You know how you live. You say, well, you don't know what I think. No, I don't. And I hope you don't know what I think a lot of times either. But I also know that I'm not what I used to be. I know that. I know there's been a change in me. And I know that I don't live like I want to live because I want to live sinless. But I can't do that because I still live in a sinful body. John brought that out at the beginning of his epistle. If any man says that he has no sin, he's a liar and the truth is not in him. If a man says that he does not sin, then he doesn't know the truth. So we're not talking about sinless perfection. We're talking about a way of life. Do you desire to go bar hopping? Do you desire to uh, fill your face, Facebook up with, uh, with, with partying and eating out and drinking and uh, running around in your shorts and uh, uh, working, I mean, just being filled with the, the activities of the world? How do you live? That determines who you are. By their fruits ye shall know them. And by your own fruits you know you. You know, you know who you are. Don't get caught up with false humility and think, well, you know, I'm just uh, I'm I'm still a sinner. We're all sinners. We're gonna be sinners till we die. But there's also a way of life in you. You know what you desire. You enjoy reading the Scriptures. Sometimes you're so out of it, you may have to read the same chapter 15 times. You say, well, you're exaggerating. Well, I am, but sometimes not. <laughs> Verse 9 again, Romans 8, I don't know where I left off. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any, if any, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, your physical body is not dead, is it? But it is dead in the sense that you don't want to have anything to do with sin. You're dead to sin, not dead in sin. Before you are regenerated, you were dead in sin. Now you're dead to sin. 
And if you want a good exposition of all of that, go back this afternoon and read uh, Romans chapter 6. I don't have time to go back in all of that. Verse 11, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, pause there for just a moment. If the Holy Spirit dwells in you, that's the same power and Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And it's going to raise you from the dead. You say, well, how do I know that? How do I know I've got that Spirit? I don't feel that power. I don't feel that pulsation of energy running through me. Do you keep His commandments? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you love the children of God? You say, well, you just keep saying it. Yes, and I told you I'm going to keep saying it till it's second nature to you. The devil wants to beat us over the head of how sinful we are. Well, I, I pretty well know how sinful I am. Well, no, I don't. Several years ago, I foolishly thought in order to be closer to God, I needed to see more of my sins. And so I asked God to show me my sins. Well, He showed me enough that I, ever since then, I've said, God, I don't want to see my sins. Just what little bit he showed me was was enough that just scared me to death. I don't want to see my sins. I want to see Christ. I want to see my sins covered by the blood of Christ. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. You go to town and buy a car and put it on, uh, I'm sorry to say layaway, <laughs> but uh, you, you, you buy it and say you're going to pay for it in so many years. You got a monthly payment. You're in debt. And you have to pay that. If you don't pay it, they'll come and get it. Well, we're not debtors to the flesh. We're in debt to the Spirit. We're not in debt to the flesh. Verse 13, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself, Himself, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You know why you go before God and call Him Father? And you, uh, you're you not afraid to do that? Because you got the Spirit of God in you. He's your daddy. You're not afraid of Him. You say, well, as sinful as I am, I ought to be afraid of Him. Yes, but you've got an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And you've got the Holy Spirit in you, and therefore you go boldly before God and pour out your heart. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If I had time, I'd start back up at least at verse 9 and go through the rest of the chapter, but we'll just look at verse 12 for time's sake. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world. That's the reason you don't like the things of the world. That's the reason when you see a lot of stuff on uh, television and out in public and so on, just turns your nose. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Read the Scriptures. We delight in them. Chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians. Verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? The Holy Ghost is dwelling in you. You don't feel any pulsating Source of energy. It's not through your feelings. It's through your knowledge. What do you know? Oh, sometimes God blesses us and our cup overflows. But that doesn't happen very often, does it? How many times did God appear to Abraham while he lived on this earth? Very few. Three or four or five times out of the space of 175 years. You know, we we look at one or two of the experiences of Abraham and think we ought to have that every day. Abraham didn't have that every day. Nor did Jacob at Bethel wrestle with God all night. He wound up limping from then on. He didn't wrestle with God all night uh, once a year. Just at one time in his whole life. You see, we look at the experiences of 
of the saints. And we think, well, we ought to have that every day. But no, they live just like we do, by faith. By faith. Believe the testimony of God. And walk by faith. Are you walking by faith or by sight? You can you know the answer to that question. And don't have false humility and say, Well, I wish I sure wish I was a lot better. Don't we all? But look at who you are. Rejoice. God has made you free. He set you free from what you used to be. Delight in it, beloved. Know the Scriptures. Know the, the, the truth of Christ. And know the love of the saints. We've already covered that in, in John where it said, How do I know I love the brethren? Well, if you see them in need, uh, you, you do for them. Indeed, not in word. One more passage in Galatians 5. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit Alright, do you have these? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Well, I, I think I have some of that. Well, yeah, but you won't graduate in it. But notice this, against us there's no law. There's not a law on how much you can do. You can do those as much as you want to. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Beloved, you have the Spirit of God in you, and I've given you a few ways that you can know. I want to read a somewhat lengthy, not too lengthy, quotation from Candlish, Robert Candlish. The question is about the mutual indwelling of God in us. That's talking about uh, verse 13. Here, 1 John 4.13 Hereby know we that we dwell in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. The question is about the mutual indwelling of God in us and of us in God. And more particularly about His abiding in us. How are we to know this? By the Spirit which He hath given us is the answer. But that raises another question. Every spirit is not to be believed. There must be a trial of spirits. By what test or tests are they to be tried? How is the Spirit of God to be distinguished from the Spirit of Antichrist? 
First, by His confessing in us that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. And secondly, by our loving with the love which is of God. In other words, he has divided uh, verses 2 through 6 to the first part and verses 7 through 12 to the second part. Of course, we're looking at verse 13. So he says, uh, How is it that the Spirit of God can be distinguished from the Spirit of Antichrist? Verses 2 through 6, first, by his confessing in us that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. And secondly, in verses 7 through 12, by our loving with the love which is of God. Continuing on, Candace. And now connecting the two, John brings us back substantially to the original statement as to our knowing that we dwell in God and God in us because He has given us of His Spirit. For the two tests, are now brought closely together and shown to be not so much two as one, or at least not two independent tests, each separately valid in itself, but so intimately related to one another that they mutually involve one another, and thus combine together to make up one cogent and irrefragable proof. It is this virtual unity of the two tests that forms the theme or subject of the verses now before us. What are those two tests? First, by us confessing that Jesus has come in the flesh, and second, by our loving with the love that God loves. And also I might add that... uh, Uh, do we keep His commandments? In other words, are we keeping the commandments? Are we loving as God loved? And are we confessing Jesus as the Son of God? Now there's a lot more that could be added to that, but that's kindly the summation of that, that verse. And hopefully it'll give you some ammunition to fight against the devil when he tried to make you look at your sins. Quit looking at your sins. Look to Christ. Look to Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as you know, we live in this world of turbulence. Our own sinful self, uh, Satan does all he can to trip us up We trip ourselves up quite a bit, but help us to realize and know that through knowledge, tangible understanding of what you have done in us and for us, that the Spirit of God, that you, Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit dwell in us 
and we in you. In Christ we pray. Amen.